You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the sermon for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, we are week four in our Inhale, Exhale series, and this is series on Sabbath. And for the last, uh, this is year three, I think we're doing Sabbath series. Year three. We're hoping, to, hoping each year we get a little bit better at, at having this conversation. I, I think it's become a little bit more organic for us. And, um, and so, um, by way of a review, just want to highlight a few things because we said that this week in particular, we're really going to get practical to some practical steps last week, but we're going to continue that. But as review, Sabbath is part of creation. We see that in Genesis 2. We're told that by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and uh, he rested on the seventh day. Now, in the Hebrew, it's, it's quite literally on the seventh day, he completed his work. On the seventh day, he completed. And that, that always made the rabbis like scratch their head. Like, wait a minute, I thought you created in six days and, and you rested on the seventh day. Rest was not a concept. Rest was not an idea. Rest hadn't been created yet. All things were created by God. Uh, in fact, in Colossians, we're told all things were created by Christ and for him. And he holds everything together. And rest is one of those things that he created. And so we see as part of creation. We know it's part of the Ten Commandments. And the other nine commandments we know need to shape our lives we know that we're not to murder one another, that we're not to commit adultery, that if you steal from me, I'm going to be really sad and uh, I'm going to call the police and you're going to go to jail, right? So we, we understand the other nine commandments shape our lives. We need to understand that, uh, that Sabbath should also shape our lives. But then in Colossians chapter two, we're told that we're not to have Sabbath police, we don't need to go around checking everybody else's Sabbath, making sure that, that they're observing Sabbath just, just the right way. In fact, we don't really have a defined way of practicing Sabbath, not as, not as far as Gentiles go. So, uh, you know, if, if Wednesday is your Sabbath, then I'm going to call you Scott. <laughs> uh, my Sabbath happens to be Saturday. For many of you, it's Sunday. Whatever the day is and, and whatever you choose to do within that day, know that that's fine. That's, that's between you and the Lord. And, and, and we got some ideas. We got some recommendations. We'll explore some, some ideas today on some practical ways that we can experience Sabbath. But our definition for Sabbath here at Mission Ridge is that it's a weekly 24-hour period we choose to set apart to cease from our regular routine so that we can intentionally engage with God, ourselves, and those important to us. And so that's our, that's our definition. Uh, 
you can choose that definition for yourself or choose another one because, again, there's no Sabbath police. We're not to judge one another according to our practice of Sabbath. And yet, Sabbath has a lot of value, which is why we take time each year to, to look at Sabbath. I want to read to you a quote out of uh, the book called The Sabbath. This is by Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. And, and this quote is actually from his daughter. And I want, I want just us to hear what Sabbath meant to her. What did she experience through her parents' observance of Sabbath? What did she experience? She says this, The sense of peace that came upon us as we kindled the lights was created in part by the hectic tension of Fridays. Preparation for a holy day, my father often said, was as important as the day itself. During the busy mornings, my mother shopped for groceries and in the afternoons, the atmosphere grew increasingly nervous as she cooked. My father came home from his office an hour or two before sunset to take care of his own preparation. And as the last minutes of the work week came close, both my parents were in the kitchen, frantically trying to remember what they might have forgotten to prepare. Had the kettle boiled? Was the black covering the stove? Was the oven turned on? Then, suddenly, it was time. 20 minutes before sunset, Whatever hadn't been finished in the kitchen was simply left behind as we lit the candles and blessed the arrival of Sabbath. I, I love that perspective of a, of a little girl just uh, describing her experience of, of what Sabbath meant to her. What did she see? And, and she, goes, she goes further, obviously, in the book to describe Sabbath and what it meant but to Rabbi Heschel, there was this distinct moment of stopping. Shabbat literally means to stop. It means to cease. And, and I want to ask the question, what happens if we don't? What happens if we don't stop? Hebrews chapter 4 the, uh, the author wants to bring this idea of salvation and this idea of Sabbath together. Let's take a look at this. He says, or they say, whoever it is that wrote this, therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest and any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have good news preached to us. And he's talking about the gospel. Just as they also... But the word they heard did not profit them. The good news that was preached to the Israelites, this author is saying, was Sabbath. That was the good news. Would they be willing to accept Sabbath as good news? But the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. The author of Hebrews is saying that we need to accept salvation by faith and salvation. Did I say salvation and salvation? <laughs> salvation and Sabbath. We need to <laughs> roll back the tape. <laughs> we need to accept salvation by faith, 
But in the same way, we have to accept Sabbath by faith. To stop takes faith, this author is saying in Hebrews. For we who believed enter that rest, just as he said, as I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished at the foundation of the world. For he has said something concerning the seventh day and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it and those who formerly had the good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain day today, saying through David after a long time, just as he had said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So to the author of Hebrews, both salvation and Sabbath, these are faith issues. We, we respond by faith. I said a couple of weeks ago that, that uh, Sa- um, Sabbath was the good news of Exodus. It was the good news that was preached to the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. They'd been in slavery for 400 years. All they knew was work. They worked around the clock every day of every week of every year. And God says, stop. I want you to rest. You don't have to work. And, and that idea of Sabbath was just countercultural to the rest of the world, just like salvation by grace is countercultural to the rest of the world. We don't know what to do with grace as a culture, right? We don't know what to do with grace. It's, it's awkward. It's, 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 it's countercultural. And so is taking a break from work, setting aside 24 hours to say, I don't have to produce because my God loves me. I can stop and this world will continue on. God calls you to Sabbath, to stop. And the question is, will you, will you trust him? I, I think about uh, driving down reserve, and I know this shows up a lot in my sermons, you know, the whole <laughs> this is your first time at Mission Ridge. Uh, if you come back again, you'll probably hear me talk about reserve again. So uh, God love me. Uh, but we've seen this, we get, we get to a traffic light in this town. And when the light turns red, what, what do most people do in Missoula? They keep going. They keep going. If you happen to stop in front of the guy behind you, he is likely to wave at you a special gesture of greeting. Hello, he'll say, he or she, I've had them both do it. Uh, They will greet you, not in the Lord, (laughs) but they will greet you. When we see the stoplight, are we prepared to stop. My dad taught me to be a defensive driver, which means that you look both ways before crossing a one-way street. Because sure enough, someone's going to be coming down the wrong way. And when I approach 
a traffic light, I'm looking for indicators that would tell me if we need to stop. Now I'm, I'm looking at the crosswalk indicator. I'm looking for the silhouette. If I see the silhouette of the pedestrian, then I'm going, okay, I, I could probably keep going. The green lights can be green for, for a while. But if I see in that crosswalk indicator, three, two, one, then I'm clued in that I'm going to have to prepare to stop. I'm going to have to prepare to stop. Scott, I'm praying for you. Repent, brother. <laughs> um, some people, they don't, they don't see the red light. They never see red lights. There are no red lights in their world. They're just cars that get in the way of them. Keep going. Uh, some, some, some people are too, too distracted. I've been too distracted. I've been too distracted with life to, and, and all of a sudden the light turns red and, and I'm going through it. And you know what? I missed it. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm dodging cars on my way through. Uh, we've all, we've all been there, but this should not be our approach to Sabbath. When the Sabbath is approaching and we see the three, two, one, yellow, red, and Sabbath is here. We need to be prepared to stop. Because I'll tell you what, just like the stoplight, when, when Sabbath approaches, I'm not always ready to stop. My work isn't always complete. Life can be as chaotic in my home or in my heart as it is on reserve. In Genesis 18, we see the Lord appear to Abraham and Abraham's sitting in his tent. He's, he's resting and he notices the Lord approaching. And so he, he runs to him and says, let me, let me serve you. Let me get you a bite to eat. And let me wash your feet and you can stay a while. And so the Lord says, do what you have suggested. And so in verse six, we see these words, Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it and make bread cakes. He hurried even as Susanna watched her parents hurry for Sabbath. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant. And he hurried to prepare it. Sabbath is a gift that you give to yourself and to others through preparation. It's a gift that you give to yourself and to others through preparation. Now we're used to preparing for things. Culturally, right? A couple weeks, we're going to be serving up turkey dinners. At least most of you are. I'm going to be serving up pizza. We could talk about that. Um, but you, 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 you probably have already prepared in your mind. Maybe you prepared the shopping list. You already know how many place settings are going to be put out. You know what pies you're baking. You know how big the turkey has to be. You are preparing for Thanksgiving. And then how many, how many shopping days are left for Christmas? I know someone in the room has that number. 
Oh, yeah, you guys are bashful. <laughs> you know. 47. You know. 47. 47. There we go. I knew someone had that. Good, good on you, Scott. We are already preparing for Christmas. Who's, who's got some stocking stuffers uh, bought up already? Yeah. Yeah, who's got, who's got plane tickets planned? Right, travel arrangements. Who's got Christmas music playlists ready to roll? <laughs> we prepare for these days so that it's a gift to others and to ourselves, right? We're used to preparation. We're used to preparation. We wanted to, to share with you some, some ways of being prepared for Sabbath. Uh, th- these are uh, Christian ideas. These are uh, we're going to give you um, we're going to give you some content from from two different websites, and both of those websites are, are in your bulletin. But the first way we can prepare for Sabbath is by creating space for Sabbath. If if you've never done that before, let's say you've always, you know, worked seven days a week and sometimes eight, you know, if you could work it in. If, if life, and that was my experience. I, I've been thinking about like, what did I receive from a Sabbath perspective? Uh, my dad was a, was a workaholic and my mom was right by his side. And, uh, and I learned all their lessons. I could work and work and work and work. And so we need to create space for Sabbath. And how do we do that? Well, we got this worksheet from uh, Cultivate Life cultivatedlife.co, and we have these on the back counter, but I, I went through it this week, and I, I evaluated my last week. I watched football last Sunday. I did some yard work. I did some maintenance on my son's vehicle, and, uh, and I was the one that, that cooked dinner that night. Um, on Halloween, uh, mostly taken up by the Halloween outreach. On Tuesday... Uh, I had a life transforming group. I had, I uh, prepared dinner. I had a CareNet board meeting. Then I had a special event for a friend's birthday. On Wednesday, uh, I did the dishes first thing in the morning. Did my Bible study. Uh, I did care, care group shopping. I had to bring some things to care group. And then I went to care group. And then when I got home from care group, I watched some TV uh, you know, so day by day, I, I analyzed my week. And if I had never done Sabbath before, what you're invited to do in this worksheet is, is find out what are the things I need to continue doing, what are the things that I can delegate, and what are the things that I can, that I can dismiss. Uh, there's, a, there's a company, a local company, that spent a year doing this in preparation to going to a 32-hour work week. They, they evaluated every task that everybody did within their organization so they could move from a 40-hour work week to a 32-hour work week on the same pay scale as the 40-hour work week. They wanted to get rid of anything that got in the way of them just being super functional, uh, profitable, still need to be profitable as a, as a corporation, uh, but 
they're looking at providing a, a healthier work environment for their people. Instead of working overtime, they're trying to work within 32 hours. They went through that process. Uh, for me, I found that probably the biggest thing that I could uh, dial back is how much TV, how much time I, I spend on TV. I've already been through this process because Sabbath is part of what I do on a regular basis. I didn't see a, a lot of gains there. But I pulled out my phone and uh, on iPhone it's called screen time. And uh, on Android it's called digital well-being. That's an ox that's an oxymoron if you ever heard of one, right? Jumbo shrimp. Military intelligence and digital well-being. Put the, all those words together. I found out this gal spends two hours and 45 minutes on her phone per day. I, I had her beat. <laughs> uh, I spent 21 hours on my phone, but 20 hours and 59 minutes on my phone last week. Whew. If you're going to do this, you might want to sit down first. I <laughs> Now, I do use my phone for work. There's uh, three email accounts that I track that are work-related, plus my personal one. And some of my work stuff lands there too, and that's kind of painful. Uh, I do, I communicate with you folks via Slack. Uh, there's some apps that I take advantage, for, take advantage of to track uh, certain things when it comes to the church. So, you know, but still, like 18 hours of this was not, <laughs> 18 hours of this was not necessary. I found out that uh, social media, I spent six hours of time on social media this last week. Well, guess where I can gain some time in my life <laughs> by just paying attention to that. Uh, you could actually uh, use this app, uh, at least on the iPhone, to limit. You could say, I want this app to be available for uh, 30 minutes a day. And, it's, and it'll cut you off. So uh, if you don't have willpower like me, go that way. So that's, that's one of the things that we could do to prepare ourselves is making space for Sabbath. The other resource that we want to introduce you to is called uh, the Sabbath Practice. We print off one of these uh, for your family. So they're available on the back table. It's called the Sabbath Practice. Uh, this is a free resource. They're providing this to churches uh, at no charge, as long as we don't charge you, which uh, I'm absolutely fine doing that. So there you go. Um, this is, uh, we found this at practicingtheway.org. And again, the website is in your bulletin. But the first thing they suggest is that you prepare for external, um, I'm sorry, that you prepare for the day. Prepare for the day. And they, they just have some ideas that you can consider as, as adding to your Sabbath, uh, like lighting candles. Have a practice of lighting candles. Have maybe adding, uh, reading a psalm as part of your Sabbath day. They talk about blessing the kids if they're there and, and blessing one another, whoever happens to be gathering with you. 
uh, they suggest praying. And, and I think in terms of maybe praying in ways that you don't typically pray. Like if you have a regular uh, prayer practice, then find a different way to pray. Find a different way to engage God through prayer. They also recommended a feast. Have a feast. And when you do that, invite me because I love to eat. <laughs> Have a feast and invite Rob and Christy. Um, maybe take time to share the highlights of the week. Take time to share what you're grateful for. But like Thanksgiving and like Christmas, we, 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 we have these patterns built into those days. And, and maybe there's some things you can add into your Sabbath. Maybe, maybe you've already started, started doing Sabbath and, and going, oh man, I hadn't thought about that idea. Let me add that into my Sabbath. Or maybe you're just getting ready to start and you're like, well, what, what do I do? Well, this guide has some ideas and there are menu options, things that you could choose from. Um, and so prepare for the day. Have a plan. Know what you want to do. Know what's restful for you. Know what's delightful for you. The second thing that they suggest is that we pre- prepare for external resistance. And, uh, you know, when I read that, I'm going... Oh yeah, you know, people are going to want to call me and people, you know, people are going to knock on my door. That's not what they're talking about. <laughs> That's not what they're talking about. Um, what they suggest is that you pick one to three cultural forces that say to say no to on Sabbath. So not only are we going to add things to Sabbath, but there's going to be some things that we're going to say, you know what? That's not going to be part of my Sabbath. So you could give, give up, choose to give up your phone you could choose to give up social media. You could choose to give up the internet or, or TV and entertainment. Uh, maybe you're going to give up shopping, maybe social obligations, maybe the, the Grizz games. Don't recommend that. Um, weekend work or chores or errands. Maybe one of those things you're going, man, I, that would be good for me to get rid of. For me, I get the most bang for my buck when I walk away from my phone. Actually, I, I've, I've got a uh, Apple watch so that I can do that. So that if someone needs to contact me, they can. If there's an emergency, I want people to be able to reach me because just because it's Saturday doesn't mean I'm not a pastor anymore. And, uh, and if you fall into a ditch, I'm gonna help you get out. But what helps me is when I walk away from this device, uh, for some, uh, yard work is actually very therapeutic. And so uh, they, they, they love doing yard work on their Sabbath. For me, not so much. That's not therapeutic at all. Uh, Christy and I really love shopping together. And so we'll typically have at least part of our Sabbath is that we are out there shopping together. But if I sense that for some reason that's going to detract from our Sabbath, then I'll do the shopping before we get to Sabbath. There's no hard and fast rule here because, again, there's no Sabbath policed. There's just things to try out to help you connect better to God, to yourself, and to those who are important to you. 
It's your choice. Finally, practicing the way suggests that you prepare for internal, internal resistance. Whether this is your first Sabbath or your 50th Sabbath or your 500th Sabbath, sometimes there could be an underlying emotion that when we go into the day that it's like, oh, what's going on inside my heart? What's going on inside of me? Like, what is that? And instead of ignoring that, we should press into it and, and find out what's going on. So they have a list here of, of different emotions and, and they suggest that you invite the Holy Spirit to, to show you what's going on in your heart and then ask a couple simple questions. What am I feeling today? And they got a whole list of emotions because uh, I think Benet Brown identified that the average American can identify like four or five emotions. And yet we're way more complex than that. And so they've got, they got a whole list of emotions here that you could choose from. And then they also suggest you ask the question, what attachment is under that feeling? Like why, an attachment is like this emotional uh, response that says, if I don't have this thing in my life, I'm not okay. And again, that's back to Sabbath and salvation being a, a, a faith thing. Like, we get it when it comes to, to salvation, when, when people say things like, you know, I, I just, I'm just not good enough for God. And we're like, you don't have to be good enough for God. But when it comes to work, we're like, I just didn't work hard enough this week. And people are like, yeah, you're right. You did not work hard enough this week. <laughs> you are not okay because you are not working hard enough. That, we somehow let that attachment live within us. And so what emotion is residing in my heart and, 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 and engage that emotion with the Holy Spirit, feel the feeling, offer that emotion up to your God in prayer and release it back to him it is a recommendation that prepare the way is making. Uh, there's four weeks of, of information in here uh, of, that you could work through. Maybe you could take the next four Sabbaths and, and what I just presented to you was actually week two. Uh, but maybe you could take time as a family and, and just go through each week over the next four weeks and, and just see if, what you can add to your Sabbath. What can you add to, to make drawing near to God, drawing near to yourselves and drawing near to each other a better experience? Sabbath is a gift that you give to yourself and to others through preparation. What experience was given to you? What did you grow up with? What did you see your parents pass along to you? Was it restful? Did it help you to connect with God? Or was it distracting? Was it chaotic? And what experiences do you want to pass along to others? And what st steps do you need to take in order for you to be able to do that? To pass something on to that next generation 
that will help them to connect with God to themselves and to others in better ways. We're going to pass out communion and, and I want you to know that if this is your first week with us, that uh, if you're here to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that you are invited in to partake with us. But what I want you to consider is, is what step of faith do you need to take this week? Our response to both salvation and the Sabbath needs to look like faith. It needs to be uh, a step of trust. Each of you, when you came in this morning and sat down in your chairs, you put your faith in that chair and you, and, and you put your whole weight in that chair. I didn't see anybody inspect the chair. You intrinsically trusted it. When it comes to Sabbath, when it comes to your salvation, when it comes to your relationship with God and, 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 and what does it mean to be in right relationship with him? Are you placing your whole trust in him? Or there are still parts and pieces that you feel like you have to inspect it first. You have to check it out. Take some time just to consider what a step of faith would look like for you this week. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come and join us for worship. Service times, location, and all kinds of other fun stuff can be found on our website, missionridge.church. You can connect with Mission Ridge Church through Facebook or Instagram, so give us a like or follow. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church give. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.